Welcome to Talking History, a series of talks from the Farnham U3A World History Group. The views expressed in this talk are representative of the views held at the time of the material being discussed. They do not necessarily represent the views of the speaker, the Farnham U3A World History Group, nor the team at the Mr. T Podcast Studio. Being left-handed in history. In this talk, Margaret Denyer tells us about all the issues that existed for those who were left-handed throughout history. I chose this subject as I'm left-handed myself. Many websites and books list numerous famous people from history as being left-handed, but there does seem to be little evidence to reliably attribute the handedness of many of the earlier figures. It appears that the lists are often copied from one source to another. Not a very good way to go about things. Some attribute characteristics due to the left-handedness of the individual as being responsible for their success. Others claim that in many areas left-handers are overrepresented considering their numbers, and recent studies give some weight to this. In 2019, it was revealed that while lefties make up about 10% of the population, they account for 20% of Mensa members. On the downside, other sources claim higher incidence of various conditions. Probably the most balanced review of the whole subject I found, which was online, is right, left, right, wrong, question mark, by Luke Mastin. But I think he may go too far the other way and rule out as being left-handed, some for whom there does seem to be some evidence. Also, until well into the 20th century, most people would be made to write right-handed. Therefore, images of a pen or brush in the right hand would not necessarily preclude a natural left-handers. Being left-handed may well have been something to hide for reasons that will become clear. Now, of course, we have photographs, TV and films. I'm sure that most of you would have recently seen Prince William, now Prince of Wales, signing documents with his left hand. I don't think that going through lists without verification is going to be very helpful. And we'll concentrate more on how left-handedness has been perceived with some of the stories, or perhaps myths, and something of the science. So, where to start? I need to go back before the time scale of our group and that of the medieval group and back to prehistoric times and early man. It's thought that right-handers dominated, but only just. Examination of early stone tools shows around 56% chiselled with the right hand. And studies of the skeletons also generally indicate more robust right arms and shoulders, so it'll be consistent with throwing spears, and more tooth wear consistent with food held in the right hand. So this suggests a trend towards right-handedness at least 500,000 years ago. This trend continued to increase. As man evolved, their brains grew larger and more specialised. Be back to this later. 
One thing is clear, and that is that being left-handed was frowned upon to a lesser or greater level throughout much of history. But why was it frowned on? Looking at language, then civilization and beliefs give some answers. The origin of many modern languages is known as Proto-Indo-European and can be traced back to around 3000 BC. It's thought that the word for right is something like dext, tex or dextinos, but no such proto-form for left. It's been hypothesised that this may have been due to the taboo nature of all things left in ancient times. In many languages, the word for right also means correct, fair, proper, dexterous, whereas the word for left is sinister, unlucky, silly, awkward, clumsy, treacherous and deceitful. And the words for being left-handed are similarly uncomplimentary, cat-handed, all that sort of thing. There is some evidence that all of the early great civilizations were pro-right-handedness. The right hand of the gods was considered to be healing and beneficent, while their left hand was used for curses or inflicting injury. Ancient Egyptians often depicted their enemies as left-handed, while they were the righteous dextrals. The ancient Greeks associated the right with good and the left with evil and criminality. The Pythagoreans listed ten first principles each of which consisted of pairs of opposites. Right is listed on the same side as male, straight, light, good, while left is listed alongside female, crooked, darkness and evil. Ancient Romans were also very pro-right-handedness. According to some, wearing a wedding ring on the third finger of the left hand originated with the Romans. One idea was that it was to protect against evil associated with the left hand. The Roman custom of touching right hands, allegedly introduced by Caesar, was to demonstrate that the right hand was not holding a weapon. He was thought by some to be left-handed. The story was that on touching right hands when actually left-handed meant that a concealed weapon could then be wielded in the left hand. Next, looking at religious texts and practices. Christianity and Judaism have many positive references to the right side and the right hand and negative references to the left. So do books and practices of other world religions. For example, the left hand being unclean and not used for eating. In unsanitary conditions, I can see the sense in this. In medieval Europe, left-handedness continued to be vigorously oppressed and left-handers were routinely accused of consorting with the devil. During the Inquisition and the witch hunts of the 15th and 16th century, left-handedness was sometimes considered sufficient to identify a woman as a witch. Paintings of those convicted as witches were often shown as left-handed, whether they were or not. Joan of Arc was also shown to be left-handed, but it's not known if she actually was. You can see the problems. In some societies, being left-handed prevented a person marrying. Next, we'll look at some of the more practical issues. As tools became more complex, they tended to be made for right-handers only. 
When working in teams who were using a tool or weapon in the right hand, a person using one left-handed would put themselves and others at great risk. Think of someone scything with their left hand if everyone else was using the right. Longbows, guns and rifles were also intended for right-handers. Defence of property is also said to assume right-handedness, as spiral staircases allowed room for the right hand to brandish a sword against invaders. An interesting exception was Andrew Dand Kerr of the Scottish Kerr clan, who was born around 1471, and he was said to be a left-handed swordsman. He became its chieftain. It's said that he rebuilt Fernihouse Castle with staircases turning in the opposite direction. He also recognised the advantages of using a sword left-handed, encouraged members of his clan to learn to fight left-handed even if they weren't. The English were afraid as they thought the devil rode on his side. The origin of which side of the road being used may also have something to do with handedness. Driving on the left probably dates back to ancient Greece, Egypt and Rome. The reason being that when encountering a stranger on the road, it was advisable to have a weapon between oneself and the stranger. The practice was even formalised in a papal edict by Pope Benedict around 1300 AD, who told all his pilgrims to keep to the left. It became a legal requirement in Britain in 1773 and still is. Now, the reason for the change to driving on the right in many countries is less clear-cut, but many people believed it started in France. One version is that it was started by a man, who is often included in lists of left-handers, either to be different from before, or from the hated English, or to have his sword arm facing oncomers if indeed he was left-handed. The practice of greeting by shaking right hands is often attributed to him for the same reason as the touching of right hands. And with the coming of the Industrial Revolution, for economic reasons, machines would be designed for the right-handers. This made them difficult and often dangerous to use for lefties. The education system was being reformed in the 19th century and many more children entered schooling towards the end of this time. There were deliberate and sometimes brutal attempts to stop left-handedness. This included tying a child's left hand behind the chair and corporal punishment for anyone caught writing left-handed. Desks had inkwells on the right-hand side, so it was very difficult to write comfortably left-handed anyway. Physician Cesar Lambrosso had earlier claimed that various facial and racial characteristics were linked with criminal traits. Now he added left-handedness as a mark of pathological behaviour, savagery and criminality, so watch out. Conversely, at the end of the 19th century, the ambidextral cultural society was established by John Jackson. He claimed it would improve the lot of all humanity if everyone would learn to use both hands equally. Sadly, it was short-lived and didn't have any lasting influence. Attempts to suppress left-handedness in schools and elsewhere 
carried on well into the mid-20th century. There have been debates as to whether switching writing hand causes problems. There is some evidence that it may lead to stuttering. George VI is often cited as an example because he was made to switch. In this country, in the post-war years, we can thank John Dewey that attempts to switch were phased out. Many countries continued to maintain strict policies against left-handedness well into the 70s. These included Spain, Italy, Yugoslavia and the former Iron Curtain countries. In Albania, it was illegal and punishable as a crime and systematic discouragement of left-handedness still persists in some Asian countries. The definition of what constitutes a left-handed person is not clear-cut. A brief mention of testing methods for estimates in populations or specific groups may be useful here. It's thought that about 10% are left-handed, with more men than women, although the percentages vary in different societies. Getting these figures has been done in one of two ways either by asking a series of questions or physically testing the relative accuracy and speed of each hand. The latter is more accurate, but questionnaires have the advantage that they can be sent out to very large numbers of people. Though different results with different methods and using oral memories can make the significance of various studies difficult to assess. Some only asked if the person wrote with their left hand and not whether anyone had tried to switch them, whereas others asked numerous questions with various possible answers. And then they worked out some scores to assign whether you were strongly right-handed, strongly left or somewhere in between. Some have a group that they call not strongly left-handed or non-right-handed for all those who carry out some tasks with their right hand or use either now, I think these may be false categories, as the researchers seem to fail to take into account why left-handers might use their right hand. Firstly, there was very little left-handed equipment in the time when an older person was growing up, and age isn't usually recorded. Secondly, many everyday situations were, and indeed still are, different and more Difficult for the lefty, being able to use one's right hand for tasks, particularly those requiring fine control, is advantageous. I've found this in life and also in my career working in laboratories. Fortunately, nowadays in this country, there are plenty of items and aids to make life easier for the left-handed and for their parents and teachers. Now, to briefly consider some of the science... As I mentioned earlier, brains grew larger and more specialised areas developed. Some control gross and fine motor skills. It suggested that this evolved further to include gestures and then possibly eventually speech. In the second half of the 19th century, it was noticed that injury to one side of the brain caused loss of function to the other. And this led to the idea of the cross-wiring of the brain. French physiologist Paul Broca in 1860 thought speech control was localised in an area in the left side in a right-handed individual, and later language comprehension was added to the same side. Now, he presumed 
that a left-handed individual would have language in the right hemisphere. More of this in a minute. With improvements in neurological techniques in the 50s, it became possible to pinpoint the function of many specific parts of the brain. Mathematical, analytical and logical processing are usually carried out in the left hemisphere, while spatial and face recognition, sense perception, emotion processing and artistic functions, usually in the right, the side controlling the left. This is known as lateralisation. And it's largely a result of this that led to the ideas that left-handers are more likely to be inventive, artistic, emotional and also to think outside the box. In the 1990s, Springer et al. found that 60-70% of left-handers also have their language centres in the left hemisphere, although being controlled by the right. The remainder were split equally between those with a speech centre in the right hemisphere and those that had it split between two. More recently, MRI scanning has shown that the linking and wiring is more varied and tasks generate energy in more places in lefties compared to right-handed. There also appears to be more connection between the two hemispheres and a greater ability for the brain to reconfigure itself and its neural connections. This may be partly due to lefties being a right-handed world and therefore learning to use their right hand for certain tasks, but it may also enable a different way of thinking. It may also be advantageous to regain movement or speech after a stroke or other brain injury. This has been shown in military situations. The downside may be to make some more liable to neurological conditions. There have been a number of ideas of why left-handedness exists and indeed persists, and some of the earlier ones are frankly most alarming and pretty much suggest that left-handers are damaged right-handers and that left-handedness is a pathologic state caused by one or more stressors or physical traumas. Norman Gershwin in the 1980s claimed that stress caused elevated levels of testosterone at specific states of prenatal development causing left-handedness. It is more common in twins one theory proposed that every left-hander was once a twin whose right-handed twin didn't make it through gestation. I remember reading this at the time and am relieved that these theories seem to have been disproved. Left-handedness has appeared to show overrepresentation in various conditions, both physical and mental. Often this was something noticed by research in a particular condition rather than someone studying handedness. In the late 1980s, Stanley Corrin and Diane Halpern claimed that left-handers may die up to nine years earlier than right-handers. This would have had huge implications, if indeed it had been true, but it was found to be seriously flawed. They used the date of death rather than birth, and they found fewer older lefties. Unsurprisingly, I would have thought, because they didn't take into account how many would have had their writing hands switched rather than the left-handers had died. 
A retrospective analysis of the results of many studies have indicated that left-handers as a group don't seem to have an appreciably higher risk of health problems than right-handers. Good news for all left-handers. The idea that handedness may be hereditary came from Charles Darwin, who, though right-handed himself, had a left-handed son and other members of the family were left-handed. And later research showed that adopted children are more likely to share the handedness of their birth parents, even if they'd never been with them, rather than their adopted parents. So this tends to rule out left-handedness as a copied or trained feature. Genetics were thought to be involved, but didn't follow the usual single gene with dominant and recessive variants, as in eye colour, etc. As I said, it does tend to run in families, but left-handed parents don't have anything like the likelihood of having left-handed offspring. Various theories using more genes were proposed, and examining the whole genome has actually shown about 40 small differences that are found in left-handers, generally connected to brain development. And interestingly, ultrasound scans have recently shown that from 10 weeks, fetuses can be seen sucking their thumbs, and those doing so right-handed later became right-handed, and around two-thirds using their left became left-handed. The brain connections wouldn't have been developed by 10 weeks, so an additional mechanism must be present during embryological development. So we obviously still don't know the whole story. As mentioned earlier, there may be a greater ability to recover from brain injury during the organisation of the brain. There's been a suggestion that left-handers might be more aggressive and that there's definitely an advantage in the area of some combat and sport. A left-handed player or fighter will have at any rate an initial advantage, as opponents will be more used to right-handers. This is borne out by the number of top tennis players and fencers who are left-handed, or at least play with their left hand. There's also some thought that lefties are particularly good at finding angles on the court. In the 1990s, art historian Philip Lanthony looked at the work of many painters throughout history by analysing brush strokes, and he included that some of the most prominent painted solely or partially with their left hand. His list contains Michelangelo, Raphael, Rubens, Picasso, Da Vinci, Velasquez and Vincent van Gogh. There's contrary evidence on the last one. Many scientists, musicians, particularly guitar players, military leaders and actors and artists are known to be or were left-handed together with politicians, notably 20th century American presidents. Many famous people in the past were thought to be left-handed whether their skills can be linked to being left-handed and whether they really were overrepresented is open to debate. Who was actually left-handed in the mists of history makes it even harder to say. To conclude, I am very glad to be a left-hander now with only inconveniences rather than at various times in the past when I would at least have been made to use my right hand 
I was actually made to sew right-handed for a while, but I rebelled in the end, possibly the only time I ever have. May have been forbidden to marry, or worse, even been imprisoned or thought to be a witch. Thank you very much. This podcast has been produced by the Mr T Podcast Studio in association with the Farnham U3A World History Group. Thank you very much for listening to this talk.